Hello! <laughs> Everyone just deleted their podcasts. I'm Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Welcome to Griffin and David Presents bum, 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 Attack of the Podcast. That's right. It's Episode here. Episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we took a week off and fans were furious. They're livid, but I think it's going to be worth the wait. God, David, I cannot... <laughs> Explain how excited I was to watch a new Phantom Menace movie. I know the second movie in the Phantom Menace saga. No, it's thrilling. It was thrilling because th- there's infinite possibilities. Yeah, now they're new characters, and you could do so many things. You could so many avenues to pursue, so many worlds to explore. So, just to reiterate for anyone who happens oh, to be jumping in, this is their yes. first episode. Griffin David presents is a podcast, an anthology podcast, in which we tackle different pieces of media content. Uh, that we find fascinating, and the similar theme is that they are films, uh, movies, uh, TV shows, books, what have you. Books. In, in what, hey, who knows? In which um, someone was given free reign to do exactly what they wanted, yeah. coming off of a massive success, given free reign to do what they wanted, and what happens in those circumstances yeah. when an artist is left to their own devices. Right, and we spent 10 episodes talking about George Lucas's film, The Phantom Menace. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. We thought it was a one and done. Yeah, we, we thought, thought it was the only film in this series. We knew he had grand ambitions right. for a saga. Yeah. We thought right. they didn't work, but old Georgie Porgy pulled a fast one on yeah, us. Yeah, we dug it up. That crazy son of a bitch did it. Ep2. He pulled it off. Attack the clones. It makes sense because episode one made about a billion dollars. That was the weird thing in our logic was we knew that episode one was at the time of its release the third highest grossing film of all time. And we but we st- just could not think of that sequel. Yeah. Anyway, we it's both here had now. seen it. We totally forgot about it. Right. Uh, I don't know if that logically makes any sense. Um, but uh, th- here we are, episode two. We're yep. cracking into it. And of course, we know I, that's the last one. You know, we thought it was a one and done. We thought it was a Jupiter ascending, if you will. Yeah. But it wasn't. Now we realize. A rocketeer. Yeah. Now it's like a, an amazing Spider Man 2. Ugh. They got two films into what was supposed to be a much larger saga. And then, there were a lot of threads that weren't resolved. Oh, boy. But now we have the second film and we get to look at where we thought it was going. A lot of threads not resolved in, from this film. Oof. So, first and foremost, this is a sequel. Yeah, it is, it's a honking sequel. To one movie. Okay, yes. A sequel to the one <laughs> I think film, we've established which that. is called The Phantom Menace. And sequels have a bad reputation. They're very popular. Mm, that's true. It's Burn often, off the box office. It's often, you know, you go too big. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you double down on everything you liked before, and that just ends up backfiring on yeah. you. Give them more what they want until it gives you a tummy ache. Yeah, you know? exactly. And uh, diminishing returns is often sort of the thing. But it is right. that thing, how you just amp it up. But there are those sequels, those those rare sequels that yeah. eclipse the original, and that's what everyone's shooting for. Everyone's going for it. So, of course, we're going to try to solve what this movie's about, but I think we'll probably come up almost as empty as we did on Phantom Menace. So the bigger question in this investigative research into this film is, is this a good sequel? Right. Does this does this succeed as a sequel to The Phantom Menace? Is George this Lucas's? a good sequel to The Phantom Menace in terms yeah. of what The Phantom Menace sets up? Uh, and t- this episode, much like we started um, uh, the Phantom Podcast, we're gonna talk about the opening. We're gonna go a little further in. Oh yeah, the first sort of. 15, but right, we're gonna talk minutes, about the, the table chunk. setting. Yes. That yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Starts out with that opening crawl. Mm-hmm. Exact same opening style. Which is so cool. I know it's such a good idea. Like here's the format. Yeah, 20th Century Fox fanfare, which Lucasfilm. is maybe my th- second. Favorite What's your studio favorite? fanfare? What's your favorite? Universal. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I agree. And the spinning around the, the globe. No, no, is Universal. And also, every Universal logo in history is great. You yeah. know how it changes? They're yeah. always they're always classic. They've all aged well. What's the worst studio? A Weinstein Company? No, no, but of the big six. Of the big ones? Probably. 
Probably uh probably Disney. Really? Just because like it doesn't work with half the things. It doesn't work without the things? With half it? of the movies they release. You know what I mean? Like they, they can only show it in front of the cartoons. Oh yeah. Well, that's why for Marvel they have a whole new fanfare. Yeah, no, they don't even do the Disney thing in yeah. front of Marvel. And uh, Disney, of course, has bought the uh, long dormant Star Wars franchise. I know. Dormant since designs. 2002. This film was released in 2002? Yes, yeah, so 13 third. years. Two movies that didn't work. They spent a whole chunk of money, and they're going to reboot it. I How, wonder. You're spoiling that it didn't work. Maybe it did work. I'm saying, I mean, it no, didn't no. work enough to do I the know, third film. I know. All right, look. Maybe Paramount's the worst. I don't like that Paramount don't have doesn't music. have music. Yeah, That's what I don't like. I like the actual graphic. Yeah. Universal's the best marriage of the two. Fox, the graphic's pretty solid. The fanfare is brilliant. Of course. It's so simple, minimalist. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Anyone can like summon that, I think. That's Warner great. Brothers has a great logo. Yeah. But they always switch their music. They sometimes do as time goes by. We could talk about this yeah. all day. When, this, uh, when we're done with Attack of the Clones, because it's the last uh, Phantom Menace movie to cover. We the last film do, ever released. I'm is the last sure. one, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do talking fanfare. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just for an hour dissect studio logos. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the last film released, because they did release The Judge after that. Yeah, right. Well, there was, was a big there, gap. There was a huge gap between that. And, you know, studio audiences were really crying out. It's amazing The Judge yeah. did so poorly, considering it was the first film released in 12 years. I know. You think the demand would be there. But, you know, maybe their fault for not bringing back any of our favorite Phantom Menace characters. Oh. You know? We're going to have to talk about that, by the way. Yeah. A lot of favorites don't show up in the Phantom Menace. And a couple do. A couple do. I'd say one of, one. My, one of my holy trinity. One of your big three shows big up. Three. I was thinking that as I went to sleep last night. And I got a new big two coming up in this film. Ooh. I don't think we're going to get to either of them today. They might be right after oh, the cutoff. I want to know who they are. Well, I'll tell <gasps> you. I'll, we'll get to it. Oh, who's um, my favorite in the bum, Phantom bum, Menace? Bum, 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 right, right. Okay, so yeah. Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Georgie Porgy's back in full effect. Long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. Oh, exciting dead silence. Boom! All right. We're really annoying. Yeah, so Star Wars, same title. Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, same scrolling text. It bombed the first time, but they're back. And the fucking title is rad. Right off the bat, Attack of the Clones. Now, it's a crazy title. It's insane Attack title. of the Clones. But Attack is an exciting... Oh, That's boy. true. But it is crazy. <laughs> Clones. I mean, we hypothesized, I thought, Attack. the logical place to go for a sequel, you, you bring back the elements that people like the yeah, best. Yeah, we talked about this. Clone Darth Maul. Clone Darth Maul. The one, yeah. the one like, uh, like, the hit from the, like, everyone likes Darth the Maul. The breakout Who complained? The only complaint about Darth Maul is that there's not enough Darth Maul. Exactly. So, like, you, you got your chance, you can redo it, you can bring back Darth Maul. Clones. Clones. Apparently That's you're allowed to have clones. So That's the answer. He's dead? Well, no no problem. No, he ain't. We gotta clone him. You know, what would the worst thing have been? Would it have been an army of Qui-Gons? <laughs> like the opposite way? Attack no, of the Qui-Gon no, clones? No, it would have been an army of Jar Jars. Uh, no, but he's you not dead. I suppose you could just clone oh, him anyway. Dead characters? I suppose, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, army of Qui-Gons right. would be stoic. I'm going yeah. not bad. <laughs> I'm gonna bring back they would have kidnapped a lot of slaves. Okay. Do you have this crawl ready? I'm gonna read the opening crawl. To okay. attack of the clones. Okay. There is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Okay. Not exactly a barn burner, but no, unrest. But but also Galactic Senate. I don't know. This isn't a great start. But I'll say this: that one sentence so far conveys pretty much everything. The Phantom Menace crawl was getting across in like five paragraphs. Well, if they can move sure. on from this one sentence, it's encouraging. Uh, the thing about the uh, Phantom Menace is that it, in, in, the, its crawl begins the same way. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic right. Republic. Okay, but so, then it gets into trade routes. and you right. know, uh, So, there is unrest in the Galactic Senate. 
Okay. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. Now, that's action. Thousands. That's forward motion. So many, not planets, solar systems. Yeah. So that's crazy. And you know what that means also? The fact that they're telling us this in the crawl means we're not going to have to watch those fucking... Yeah, that's already happened. Right. Right. That's like already that. We're not going to have to under... watch negotiations. It doesn't... It, this is interesting. The crawl does not say what, like how much time has passed since the last one, but we we're know. getting the impression a yeah. lot of time has passed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku. Okay, so there's, okay, has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the in the galaxy. I like this. So you're giving our characters a real struggle. Yeah, right. They're spread thin. Yeah, supply and demand. The, the Republic. This is a civil war type moment. Like half the Republic might be leaving. You yeah. know, the Jedi's can't deal with it. They've so, never had more to do, and it sounds like there've never been less Jedi. Right. Yes. Yeah. Limited number. Senator Amidala, Ooh, the wow. former Queen of Naboo, wow. is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic in capital letters. Now that's a big deal because she hates the Senate. To the assist fact that she's the overwhelmed Jedi. I mean, I love this. I, I like it. I don't know if love. I, I was, we were talking before and I was like, oh yeah, it's better. But like, there is a lot of talk of like Senate votes. I don't know. It's if better it's, than trade routes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if it's like Stockholm syndrome. If I'm just so happy to see another face yes, for the first time right. in it's a while. Right. It's just new plot. New plot. I got rock hard at that crawl. Ooh. I did. Was it at um, uh, Army of the Republic in capital letters? Every part of it. I just like that we're getting so much information. Yeah. Okay. Turmoil. Great. We know that. Ooh. All these different planets have left. Yeah. So, so civil war. Right. The power. You know, it, there used to be this united universe, mm-hmm. and now it's all. Split apart and also, and drift. it's moving on elements we know from the Phantom Menace. Yes, the Senate was all fucked up in the Phantom Menace. Right, Valorum was a weak chancellor. Yeah, the cracks were showing, and yeah. now they have like you know they've come to form. It, uh, one of my many problems with uh, the Phantom Menace is that it was really taking baby steps towards something. Sure. It felt like he had a longer story he wanted to tell, and he was moving very slowly towards. Very it. slowly, and this not crawl, much happens. No, at all. This crawl is immediately right. sort of like it's a good point. getting the action I wish had happened within Phantom Menace. Phantom out of the Menace way. is one planet is having one dispute yeah. with the Trade Federation. Attack of the Clones is the entire galaxy yeah. is about to be is on the brink of war. Right. The Galactic Senate apparently I guess it seems like the Republic doesn't have an army. Yeah. Which was never addressed in the pilot. It makes sense. There's yeah. no army. It's the Separatists the, have the battle droids. The Jedi's keep the peace, but yeah. apart from that, you know, like maybe people have their own armies. I don't know. But yeah, so this is an, a Republic army. And if there's more, created. you know, sort of discord throughout the the universe, the Jedi's aren't going to be able to, you know. There's only so much they can do. Yeah. They can maintain the peace when there's not that much to maintain. Yeah. When things are pretty civil. Right. Um, but I like this, too. I mean, we said, oh, those Jedi, the Jedi Council, they're so smug. They're so calm. They're so judgmental. I like this immediately taking them out of their comfort zone. Right. They're stretched too thin. You know? I do. Like, already it sounds like they're addressing a lot of our complaints yeah, about the Yeah, because in first the first movie. movie, the Jedi just walk in and they're like, we're handling this. Right. Don't worry about it. This will be easy. Right. They're Negotiations were short. No staid, like, fucking, like, discourse yeah, about, No you know. tea services. Right. Right. This is like... <gasps> oh, there's no TC-14, though. Is that... Don't, yeah. I, All right. I know, okay. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, it's okay. I know. Well, I mean, we actually didn't talk about it, but TC-14 almost certainly dies at the end of Phantom Menace when her David, donorship I is really blown up. I really don't want to talk okay. about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm amazed we never talked about that. Yeah, uh, for a very, very yeah, good yeah, I never reason. thought about it. Yeah. She's yeah. dead, probably. Yeah. yeah. 
the same reason I know my grandma isn't dead, because I never had to see her dead body. All right. They can tell me whatever they want, but I didn't look inside the box, so I know she's still alive and just isn't calling me and hasn't for the last 15 years. Is that is that worse, that she doesn't like you anymore? I, I don't know. She, it's, she's uh, 98 years old. She can do whatever she wants. Um, I, let me adjust my book. Uh, my, my, my grandma. Um... <laughs> I like everything this film is setting up. Yeah. No. Okay. So we're it saying it feels like the Star Wars. Unlike film I want. Phantom Menace, nice, nice pitch over the plate. You yeah. did it. You did it. Civil War, Jedi's are strained, Army of the Republic is in the offing, and Amidala is now a senator, not a queen. I would argue oh. that for a sequel, yeah, if that's what we're talking about, the pieces are now exactly where I want them to be on the board. I think it's set perfectly for the Phantom Menace sequel I want. Yeah, okay. I like it's, that she's a senator. No, I like no, that she's lower status. But there's no Maul clones. No Darth Maul clones. Well, we don't know that yet. That's true. From just... An I mean, we know that we've Republic watched of, it. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But I'm saying from just the crawl, we okay. don't know. Right. We don't know where the clones are coming in yet. So. But I like everything the crawl tells me. Crawl dissipates into the into the stars, and we see... A spaceship. Another shiny-ass ship. Another shiny. Is it the same one? No. It's not. It's not it the, looks very it's, similar. It's very similar. Is it more slender? Yeah. Yeah, well, she's not the queen anymore. She's yeah, it's like planet. a Naboo senator ship. Yeah. Lands in Coruscant. Yeah. The planet that is a city. Yeah. Let's never forget. Yeah, the whole planet is one city. And Amidala gets off. Yep. And kaboom, it gets blown up. Now, this is... I, I love this because... Yeah, very action-packed, like, like punch to the face. It feels like... He's immediately saying, "Hey, this isn't your daddy's Phantom Menace." Sure, yeah. you know, right, right, right. I know. Three years ago, you thought you know what a Star Wars movie is. Some of you had some gripes against it. You yeah. know, a huge hit, but not well received, as we've talked about a lot. And immediately, it's like, "Okay, here's a scene we know. Oh no, it's another shiny ship. Oh, yeah, no. here's Amidala. She's getting out, and she's in her big headdress and everything. And boom, everything's blown up. Right, terrible like, explosion." Yeah, the explosion doesn't, doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. We were talking about this. But he's immediately setting the scene by going like, look, th- that that's not the movie we're making anymore. Even though you would, you must remember at Phantom Menace, a similar thing does happen. A ship does get blown up. But it's a little less. Yeah. It's a little more telegraphed. This is a little more exciting. I this know is immediately mean. out the gates. Yeah. And so you see Queen Amidala or Senator Amidala with the, all the, the trappings. Blown up. Blown up. Of course. What? There are two guys standing yeah. next to the ship. They have helmets on. One guy is our new Panaka stand-in. He's yeah. another fucking wet He's blanket. got one eye like covered with some sort of patch. His name's Captain Typho. He yeah. looks like Maorian, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean like he's a from New Zealand or something? Right. Like he's a Pacific Islander. Yeah, something like that. Looks maybe. like a gosh darn Kiwi. Sure. He's got he's got a robot eye patch. Yeah. And there's a another lady saying a, a slender human saying next to him in a jumpsuit. Yeah. Takes the helmet off. Who is it? It's some of that. She's still doing those tricks with the yes. fakeouts. And unfortunately, she has lost one of her handmaidens. She says goodbye to her. Corday. Do we want to look up Corday? I'm, I'm going to look her. I'm Because I don't think right she was one of the original. No, no, no. They're she all different. Sasha Arate. Yeah. Corday. Yeah, here she is. Uh, played by. It doesn't even say. I don't know. Yeah, she's not. Um, She doesn't have much, but she does get to. Well, you're telling me that. Irite, who didn't say anything, has this whole Wikipedia entry about how she was like the runner-up for the queen, and how she was trained in hand-to-hand combat. Oh no, here's yada, 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 Wikipedia. Yada. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because I was gonna say, if the character dies and they don't even take the time to put a page out to her, that's very disrespectful. Yeah, Corday replaced Sabe. Um, Corday also replaced um, uh, Craig Ferguson on the Late Late Show. <laughs> James Corday. Uh, that's true. Very true. 
Um, played by, loving it. Played by a stunt actress for the explosion and by Veronica Segura for her death scene. Okay, anything about the character? Uh, like I told you, she replaced Sabe um, when Amidala stepped down from the throne. And uh, Versailles was also killed in the blast along with five other Naboo guards. So seven people die in this explosion. And apparently none of them were worth a full Wikipedia entry. And they her, died in the line of service. And her body was left behind. Okay, well, by Captain Typho's at Captain Typho's assistance. All those fucking degenerate scum pod racers have long entries about all the women they enslave. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's and start Corday, on a positive who note. Dies. Well, whatever. And not only does she die, she like apologizes. Yeah, she goes, I, "I'm so sorry." Yeah, it's okay. pretty fucked up. Anyway, God, uh, it almost feels like Wikipedia has more detailed entries for the Phantom Menace and slightly less detailed entries for this movie because people sort of stopped caring a little bit. We'll see. Big drop off in the box office. Serious I drop think off. This movie did two hundred million dollars less than the first one. I yeah, believe. well, you know that often happens with sequels, diminishing yeah. returns, like you say. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, so but the stage is set. Yeah, and she's we, under attack. Yes. Yeah. And I believe we next go to um, uh, Chancellor Palpatine's office. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I, th- I think it's a hard cut to that. And he's meeting there with, with a collection of people. Mm. And um, yes, I you're think right. Amidala's there as well. And he says to her, like, okay, there is a threat on your life. Right. This so, is serious. Yeah. You're here to vote on the Army of the Republic. Like, this is a crucial issue. Right. You know, that's why. They're You're trying, being targeted. There's some outside forces. They want to have the, control of this. By these separatists. Right. You know, yeah. But he's like, you know, terrible accident. He says that. He goes like, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. This I, is awful. While, while I know it was awful for you still, we should be happy that it, it wasn't worse. That yeah, you're sure. still alive. You're still here. But we cannot afford to be this sloppy again. Yeah. We got to be on guard. Right. And so she was like, what do you suggest we do? Right. And of course. Like, what about some Jedis? Sign a couple Jedis to the case. She's like, what about those Jedis you knew? Does he even say that? Does he say like- He says oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he does say yeah. like, you know Obi-Wan, right? Like, yeah. And I think her response I, is like, Obi-Wan, like the guy who hung out at the ship? Uh, I, I think that there, guy? I think there's a point. I, I watched this movie three hours ago and I'm already forgetting. But Yeah, I, I don't remember anything about this It's a slippery fucking it's movie. It really is, yeah. You remember like a couple of the big set pieces, but the- yeah. The plot, like, whole job. I mean, I've only seen it once, though. I mean, I need to see it ten times, like yeah. I saw Phantom Menace. I, I literally watched it three hours yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 But he says something like, I, I forget, she has some reservation. Yeah. She's like, but what about this and that? And they're like, what about those Jedis you knew? Yeah, right, okay. So that's the thing that wins her That's over. the hook, and then she's assigned... Do we cut to Obi-Wan and Anakin in the elevator, pretty much? Yeah, no. I think we do. There's an interesting point I believe is introduced in that scene. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it is introduced in that scene. Senator Jar Jar Binks. Oh, is that in that scene? Oh, yes. Is it? Is It's not after? Maybe it is. It's no, it's in, in because he greets them at the elevator. Right, yeah, right, right. Senator right. Jar Jar Binks. And I think the impression we're supposed to get is Naboo has its human senator mm-hmm. and it has a Gungan senator mm-hmm. representing the diversity of races on that planet. Yes. and uh, It's sort so, of like Vatican City within Italy is like its own. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. You know? So, so like you say. Yeah. And, and this isn't like, he's not a state senator. No, let's he's say, a galactic senator. Let's repeat this within gravity. He teeth. goes to that big room where yeah. all the world, the, the galaxy, galaxy's yeah. races are gathered. Yeah. And he speaks with one voice for his people. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks. It's in robes. He's, in, he's all enrobed. Senator Jar Jar <laughs> Binks. That's right. He's 
Oh, you would think maybe. Because it's kind of established. Uh, it's been 10 years. I don't know if it's established within this scene I think or, so, or very yeah. quickly now right. when we see Anakin and Obi-Wan. Now, this film came out three years after The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So, whereas, you know, Portman is kind of being aged up. Yes. She's being, I think she's actually about her actual age now. Maybe she's playing a little older than she actually is. Was she playing younger in the first movie? I think she was. Because I think in the first movie she's supposed to be like 14 and the actress is probably more like 16, 17. But Natalie Portman's a tiny woman and she looks like a yeah, little Yeah, no, it, 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 it works. She doesn't feel as old in this movie as I think her character is supposed to be. And Yeah, and I know what you mean. Here's a All point right. I want to get to right off the bat. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's fucking in the news, it's topical, it's been on mind, I've been really obsessively following this story. What story? Especially in this scene where she talks to Palpatine, but also throughout the entire film. Is there not like a weird Rachel Dolezal thing going on no, with Padme in this movie? No, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Her first, I don't want to talk about Rachel scene, Dolezal. This scene with Palpatine, she's got this weird permed hair. <laughs> And she's very much dressed like an African dignitary. It's just on your mind. I need is to it? rewatch it. I remember what you're talking about. She has like a weird hairstyle. I also scene. feel like she's weirdly bronzed in this movie. I think that they just were completely out of ideas with the makeup and the hair. They w- ran through a, all their good ideas. You know, they had. Mask. They were like, Jesus, a whole other movie of costumes and shit. And now she's a senator, so it can't be quite as ostentatious. Her style it's, is terrible in this movie. Oh, yeah, it is. It's bad. The only time she looks good is at the end when she's in just the the white jumpsuit. Like that's she looks her best. Very no, you're out of your mind. Inspired no, by African. It's not in. Well, oh maybe I'd have to rewatch it. If you, you mean generally inspired and by her African hair clothing. Also looks All right, kind of I don't know. I don't want to talk about Rachel Dolezal. And the, and here's another theory I had. Okay, mm. I feel like the the I'm gonna still talk about this for a second. <laughs> I feel like the the skin coloration of the actors is a little weird in this movie. Really? Yeah. I feel like the skin tones are unnatural in this film. What? Part of this has to do with, and we're gonna devote an entire episode to this. This was the first major right. studio film shot on video as opposed to film. On digital video. Right. Yeah. Not on VHS, which would have been great. Which would have been amazing. <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, it was shot on on shot and delivered, right? Like yes. delivered and and as a hard drive yes. to a. a uh, Movie yeah, on, on what was at the time the highest available resolution for video, and now is a very low resolution. Right, uh, and the film does not look incredibly good for that reason. It doesn't look great at times. Yeah. It looks okay, but it doesn't look great. I would argue the Blu-ray the transfer is okay. Digital shots look great, and anytime there's a human element, it looks a little. That is, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think uh, lighting, a digital uh, video, was a new thing. So to you're them. saying like the makeup's Applying just off. makeup. Right. I think the makeup is off, and I think the other element is episode one shot in. UK. Uh, yeah, well, this one's shot in the UK, too. I believe this one was shot in Australia. Well, I'm Sure. But it, really? I'm going to look that you up. You can correct me on this. I am almost well, certain this film was shot in Australia. The entire movie? I believe this entire film was shot in green screens in Australia. Australia. You're right. Oh, Thank my God. You. At Fox Studios in Sydney. Yep. Pick up shots at Ealing in, in Britain, but Pick mostly. Ups. No, 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 no. You're right. Yeah. And then some Tunisia, obviously, that's yeah. Tatooine. And some uh, Plaza de España in Seville. I assume that's some of the uh, Naboo stuff. Yes. But yeah. So my point is Natalie Portman is a very, very fair skinned lady. She, uh-huh. much like me, oh, you're saying she has just... transparent Jew flesh. I guess so. But you're saying she was just spending some time at the beach in the sun. It's and a then... hot country. There, there is uh, one scene in the motion picture draft day. It's my first scene in the movie. Yeah. Where I, the weekend before, had gone to a theme park. Right. You know, you're right. You do look kind of tanned in draft day. Yep. Especially, yeah, well, 
I'm thinking of that scene. It's my first scene. Yeah, I know. I in know. the film. I had gone to a theme park the day before with my buddy Tim Simons, who has... Of, of you fame. Been in talks to be on this podcast. He needs to be on it. We need to Jesus, get him on. Jesus, Tim. Tim, please. Does he listen? I don't know, but he wants to be on it. I, I really want listens. him to he listen to, to it. it. I want Me Tim too. Simons to hear my voice. Tim, you were great in Veep this If you're season, listening to this, please tweet it, Tim, and tell him to. Timothy C. Simons. Is it C? Yeah, Timothy, Timothy C. C. Simons. Please tweet him and tell him to be on this podcast. Yep, yep. Um, God, that'd be great. It'd be great. He's he's great. He's one of the greats. He is one of the greats. Um, I, I love him. There's a great theme park in um, Ohio. It's like the best theme park in America. What's it called? Uh, Cedar Rapids. Oh, okay. I've heard of that place. Cedar Falls. Yeah, Cedar Rapids is a movie. Yeah. Uh, they have a ride based on the movie. Oh, it sounds great. Uh, no, it's called Cedar Falls. So you spend it's some in time in, in, a, in, a hot tub, in a swimming pool, in a hotel swimming pool with a topless in Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. the ride. Yeah. Uh, we're way off track. We went on all these roller coasters for a day, got really sunburnt. The next day, we were filming my first scene in the movie. Yeah. You shoot things out of order. Right. And, and they were little... like, you don't look the same. This whole movie takes place on one day, on the titular draft day. Right. We've shot the scenes that take place 30 <laughs> minutes after this. And your skin is an entirely different color. Because I don't crazy. tan, I burn. You just burn. So they had to try to put pale makeup over my sunburn. And I look, my, as my sister put it, in my first scene in the movie, look, and I quote my sister, very Hispanic. <laughs> You're a little Puerto Rican boy. I look like a little Puerto Rican boy. I look like Elian Gonzalez. And then it goes away. But for the first scene, I look very doll-like and weird. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination of shooting on video, and that wasn't a tested thing, and you light things differently on video. We spent a lot of time on this. I get it. Their, their skin's a little tanned. And I think combined with the hair <laughs> and the outfits... Let us never speak of this again. Padme looks like Rachel Dolezal. If anyway. you have an opinion, tweet at us. <laughs> hashtag Padme Dolezal. Pas- hashtag Ask Rachel. That's the, uh, that's the hashtag. Ask Rachel? That's the like funny hashtag on Twitter where you want to oh, really? make fun of her. Yep. We don't know. We're using our own hashtag. It's oh, hashtag Padme Dolezal and tweet yes or no. Hashtag Padme Dolezal. <laughs> You're a monster. Moving on. I'm going to keep this up for 10 episodes. Moving on. So, but the, you're really, come on. The next scene is Obi-Wan and Anakin in the elevator. Yeah. And they are radically different from the last time we saw them. It is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Obi-Wan has long hair and a beard. Yep. He kind of looks like Qui-Gon. Uh-huh. He's like been Qui-Gon'd. Yeah. And then Anakin looks like Obi-Wan. He's tall. He's a grown man. Yeah. He's got the flat top haircut and the braid. Yeah. And his, they are fucking Jedi. He's facially almost entirely different in a way that often happens when you cast different actors to play True. the same he character. True. He is now played by actors. Hayden Christensen who yeah. at the time was not a well-known actor. No, he had done My Life is a House had come out a couple years before. Uh, that's No, Life is a House came out the same year. No, it did not. I'm looking it up. No, it did not because I distinctly remember seeing Life in... The I, year before. Fine. I Was it only a year before? Yeah, 2001. I went to see... And it, he was nominated for a Golden Globe. He's really good in that movie. Yeah, whatever. I contend. Okay. Uh, I, I think I, he was also nominated for a SAG Award. No, Kevin Klein was nominated for a SAG Award, strangely enough. And not Christensen? I thought both of them were. No, he was too. Yeah, wow. Thank you. God, what a, what he, a... like, only missed out on the Oscar. He was, yeah, Entertainment no, Weekly that year predicted he was going to get a right, best but I, and, I, and I was following the Oscar race then, and I always knew he was never going to get it. They, they don't like it, you know? I was pushing for it. I really liked him in that movie. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. I fully dumb agree with that. Movie. It's a dumb About cancer, a cancer movie. cancer dad building a house. Yep. Ugh, and so the house shitty. is his life because he's gonna die. So yeah, he like, but like this, it's a good question. Had he, he done was like much a Canadian else? TV star. Right. That was his big thing. Yeah, he just he was, you know, he'd been a couple of episodes of Goosebumps. Yeah, which was shot in Canada. And uh, are you afraid of the dark? And then he's in which the was vir- shot in Canada as well, right? And and then he's in 
are uh, the Virgin Suicides. Oh, he plays one of the guys. Yeah. But he doesn't, I think, have I'm a line in the film. Yeah. yeah. He's on screen a lot, but yeah. Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah, so Life yeah. is a House. But I think, yeah, yeah, Life is a House. Yeah, I mean, he was really plucked from out of nowhere. I remember taking my mom, not taking my mom, asking my mom to take me to My Life is a House because I wanted to see, oh, this is the guy who's going to play the grown-up Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I want to see what this guy is like. And I, I saw that movie. I didn't like it, but I loved his performance. And I was like, that's really exciting. Okay. This guy's going to be the lead in the next Star Wars movie. And then he shows up on screen and is immediately terrible. He's so bad. So bad from the get-go. Yeah, he's a disaster. He's a, he it's can't really read a disaster. single line without it sounding like stilted and horrible. And he's doing and this And I used weird... to try. I, I feel like I used to stick up for Hayden Christian a little bit because he's yeah. got a sort of a weird affect and you kind of just want to roll with it. But he's really bad in this movie. Really good in Life as a House. And I like then... him in Shattered Glass. Yeah. I mean, After I, Attack I, of the Clones, he does I Shattered Glass. I really like that movie. Yeah. I think he's good, but it, it the movie is kind of playing to what's annoying about him. It's a perfect role for him. Yeah. But I think he does a good job. Yeah. He has a very, very specific vibe. And he I does. feel like George. It's not the right vibe for Anakin Skywalker. No, George Lucas has greatly miscast him. It's terrible. And it's crazy because I think there was like a seriously in depth casting process for this mm-hmm. role. Like he must have tested God knows how many young actors. I wonder if I could find out who was like the runner. Because I feel like I read recently someone who was the runner up and was surprised about it. Um, really? Yeah. Um, I know he tested them like alongside um, uh, Natalie Portman and, you know, tried to make sure they would have chemistry. I believe there was someone All right. well, who you... has gone on to a modicum of fame since then who was a runner up. Um, but right. but this is talking. this is an important part. OK. Yeah. Uh, only three years have passed. So. No, no. Oh, you mean saying oh, in real within time. filming. OK. Yeah. So Natalie Portman looks pretty much the exact same age. Yeah. Despite their attempts to dress her like Rachel Dolezal, she looks the same. Okay. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has the beard and the hair, which makes him look older, but facially he looks pretty much the same. Yes. Ewan McGregor, I think, has modified his performance and has given it yep. a sort of weight. gravitas. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And so that's going across, but it definitely feels like if you're watching a play, and in between Act 1 and Act 2, 10 years pass, and they put a little gray in the guy's temples, yep. and he just has to carry it. Yep. It doesn't look like realistic aging. No, but you don't really care because who cares? And, and the Jedi, who knows with them right. anyway. Yeah. But then we have an actor who is clearly 10 years older than yes. oh, Jake yeah. Lloyd. Jake Lloyd is a child. This is a grown man, basically. So there's immediately Playing a cognitive teens. dissonance. Yeah, because how old is he supposed to be? 18, 19? Tops. So other actors I'm seeing, Jonathan Brandis, Colin Hanks. Oh, widely rumored to be the runner-up, Ryan Philippi. Yeah. Which All terrible choices. Ryan Philippi's terrible. Paul Walker. Oh, God, Paul Walker, my favorite. Um, I mean, this says Leo DiCaprio, which was a long rumor, but that's... Leo that's DiCaprio, different. but was, quote, definitely unavailable, yeah. according to DiCaprio's right. publicist. Right. Um, what's interesting about uh, Philippi being the runner-up is that they have a very similar vibe. Same same uh, way of talking. They're both same pouty high and voices. they both sort of have this kind of like... Ugh. They're like high voices, but this weird, you know, like, slurred like mouth. Gosling would have been good. Gosling would have been incredible. You know, someone like that. And you know who got and what, right age, you know, right time. Gosling at that point in time. He'd been in the Believer. Was that around the same time? I think it's two thousand one. Yeah. He up until that point was largely known as a Canadian TV actor. That's true. Much like Hayden Christensen. That's true. That's true. He was Young Hercules. Yep. He had the Mickey Mouse Club, which was in America, but he was mostly doing Canadian children's television. Right. TV movies. You know who else would have been good as Heath Ledger? 
Heath Ledger would have been great. Maybe he was a little old at that point because ten things I hate about you is a couple years old, but you know, but still, he would have been great. But you know, he would have made it work. You remember when Yoda was like, ah, "I sense a lot of anger in this kid. I don't think so." And we're like, "This kid seems nice. Like it's a bad performance, but this kid seems positive." Jake Lloyd. Right, yeah. we're saying it's a character. Yeah, no, I know what you're like, saying. What's, what's he bagging on this kid? This kid's got like a good disposition. Right. Immediately, our immediate introduction, to Anakin, in this film, we're like, "Oh, I kind of see what Yoda was talking. This kid's a fucking brat." Yeah, but it's shoved down our throats. Yeah, he is. Bratty all the time. He's mopey. He talks like this. And he's, he's got like, this weird kind of almost Brooklyn affectation. And like he's uh, always got attitude. Mm-hmm. And you're t- you know you're supposed to suppose that the reason for this attitude is because he's a slave who was taken from his family. Yep. Like that's where all of his resentment seems to lie. And as we find out, and uh, also in the fact that he's like over he's like overflowing with skill and magic and power. Yes. And he doesn't know how to direct it. And the expectations you know. on him. Everyone's going, hey, you might be the one guy who brings <laughs> right. balance to the Jesus force. Christ. And in the last 10 years, everything's gone to shit. Planets are leaving the That's fucking true. galactic republic. Bring balance to the force already, buddy. Right. There's and a lot of And what we learn in this movie, and we'll talk about it in another episode, is that the Jedi's powers are, like, leaving them. Yes. Like, they can't even, like, look in the future anymore. Right. That's how bad it is. Added to that, we Which also find reveal. out in this film, something I predicted <laughs> okay, something in you got our right? last podcast. Yeah, real impressive. Our last miniseries. <laughs> Uh, the Jedis have these fucking insane monk-like rules about how they can live and yeah. can't live. Well predicted. Well Good predicted, my friend. Um, yes, they are not allowed to marry. They're not allowed to, you know. So he's a kid. Be in love. He's fucking 19 or whatever. He's hormonal. So, all these uh, libidos get, raging. What do they do with the other kids? Do the other kids just... Um, do they, like, get it drummed into them from birth? Like, no girls, no girls, no boys. Well, yeah, when we were, like, going on those Wikipedia entries, a lot of Jedis were discovered as babies. Yes, That's right. why I they mean, say Anakin's too old Anakin's for school. training. Right, yeah. So if you have no perspective and you don't know other things exist, even if those hormones exist in you, right? Yeah, yeah, and Those yeah, things yeah. flare up naturally, biologically. If you've been raised to believe that's not an option, I think, I, I don't know, they just fucking Maybe, right. beat it into you. Whatever, yeah. they override it. What but if you're Anakin place. and you're, like, like fuck, what, eight, whatever he is, six, yeah. seven, and you meet this like you could tell he's got the hots for Padme and Phantom Menace because he's saying that angel shit in right, a way that like a lot of kids have a crush on their yeah, babysitter. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, right. She's cute, but she's, she's beautiful. No, I always no. had a crush on my babysitter. You know what I'm saying? I like know. you we just look right. It. We talk about a lot, but uh, th- that sort of thing. You can tell he already has those sort of like feelings urging inside of him, you know, and surging inside of him. Urging. He's, and he's got the urge to surge. Yeah. Um, and then. They're telling like, oh, by the way, you're not allowed to be with girls. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know? I get it. No, I uh, totally know. So he had grown up being like, oh, man, maybe someday I'll have like a wife. And then now is like eight or nine, like told like, you're not. Yeah, not going to happen, buddy. And so he feels really angsty in this. And can I point out something else? Sure. Uh, all Jedis have the same colored robe. Brown with white in inside, I guess. Like, like a light tan. Yeah. Anakin is rocking like this dark. Yeah. Like black, yeah, deep brown with like a big hood. Yeah, why? Why is he? Mm. Is I don't it, know how this shit works. Is that his choice? Yoda has like white robes though, right? And he has brown robes too. I don't know. Okay, but it's the they same, wear very simple clothes. They're on the same sort of like like wedge of the color wheel, and yeah, then Anakin's yeah. at the opposite wedge. Like he's all really really dark because he's angsty. Because this movie is like from the minute one, just being like. Get it? Get it? Anakin, really angsty, really, 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 like, petulant and teenaged 
and angsty. So is he Emo. like the kid with like the school uniform who modifies it to make right. it more punk because yeah. he's like, I Maybe. can't fucking don't make me wear but this. You see, I could do with more of that because that would look good. Me too. This is just like he has black clothes. I mean, you barely know. You notice it and I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, it's not cool looking. Hey, Anakin's could, not cool. No, he's not a cool He's character. not cool at no. all. That's one of the biggest problems. That's maybe the biggest problem in this film. Anakin's not cool. Obi-Wan is like slightly cool, but you really want him to be way cooler. Yeah. He's a little cool, though. But this is what I like. Uh, Hayden Christensen's bad from the first second. Ugh. Ewan McGregor's doing okay work. Yeah, this. yeah. I like him playing this sort of now. I like him better in this. Role. I do, too. Yeah. Um, he does let it be said. And it's not throughout the film, which makes me think some of these things were reshoots. They had to go off and film another movie. Sure. And there were modifications. Especially within his introduction, his beard looks so preposterously fake. There are other scenes where it's clearly a real beard. Interesting. Right. But other times it was basically just painted on, you think? And it's not a heavy beard. No, it's, it's not. It's pretty it's slight. Not, it's, it's sort it's of at like the, the length that you have. That, yeah. That Ben Ducer, a.k.a. Perdue Ben, a.k.a. The Haas, a.k.a. The Poet Laureate. A.k.a. Hello Fennel. Has. That kind of beard, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is harder to fake than a real full beard. Um, right, because you have to kind of like a- apply this very thin. You need the translucency loosen- where you can still yeah, see yeah. the skin underneath, which means it looks it looks really shitty. Right, and his hair looks really shitty. I think he probably had a gap where then he had to go film Moulin Rouge, trim his beard, Moulin- and then come right. back. Yeah, God, he looks completely different in Moulin Rouge. That's my guess because sometimes right. his hair that came out and his beard before. looks yeah. really, really fake. What and else other is he times in? It he's does. in like Young Adam around that point. Moulin Rouge, I know, was shot in Australia probably around the same time. Because yeah. that movie was delayed a while, too. Yeah, it was. And Phantom Menace probably had two years of post-production. Totally opposite. Well, no, Moulin Rouge has a lot of green screen, too. But Moulin Rouge, but they built some real sets for that thing. They a lot of some them. great sets. Yeah. Um, his beard looks really fake. Oscar winner. Best actor. Yeah. Best art direction. Uh, his beard looks really fake. Yep. Uh, Hayden Christensen is doing a terrible job. But... I really like the interplay in this elevator. You scene. what? You like the interplay? I do. Are you, are you I do. crazy? What? I do. Wow. I like the tone it's setting. Maybe uh, once again, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. I'm so happy to see so a new face. It's so badly face. delivered. It's badly delivered. I wouldn't say it's well executed, but the film is oh, making. God. It's it's oh god. I think this movie <laughs> is doing a poor job executing all the right things it should be doing. Okay. Where Phantom Menace mean. is making the wrong moves and making them poorly. Yeah. This film is like, we always no. said like the relationship to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan is so boring. They're right. so stale. I totally get where you're coming from. And this, right. they're kind of funny. And Anakin's yeah, they're like, bantering Master, like, I want to do this. And he's like, what did I tell you about doing that? And they're like, remember that, you know, yeah. when we were in the Bantha pit? I don't know what they're talking about. Like, they're like, like, they've had a fun 10 yeah, years. Yeah, except it's completely, completely missing from their performances. Any evidence of that. They're not the lines, doing it well. No, they're doing it. It's not well It's written. not that they're not doing it well. They're doing it badly sure it's bad but i'd also argue it's poorly written which makes it harder to do well no but you're right that there's there's push and pull because in the first they're funny infant they're not oh. funny but they're trying to be funny in phantom menace qui-gon's like we're gonna do this and obi-wan's like but and then qui-gon's like Shh, yeah i know what's best and in this one obi-wan's like i want to do this and anakin's like no and defies him and thus causing you know some trouble some action some some fun Addendum: They are not funny. No, I would say their relationship funny. is "quote unquote" comedic. Yeah, there is a light. Obi Wan hat. You know, I hate when he does that. Like Obi Wan has some funny lines. There's a light, jokey sort of tone. To me, there is one funny thing in this movie. We'll get to it later. Okay, it might be you're connected saying, to one of my two favorite characters. But it doesn't it set the so. tone for their relationship where you're just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it makes Obi Wan kind of look bad. Is my feeling interesting? In because what way, Ben? It's just like 
if he's, he's letting Anakin square. get away with that, oh, whereas yeah. if you think of the first movie, the relationship between him and Qui Gon, it yeah. was very much more like he's my mentor and I have to he's, listen to and him. And I think you're, I think Ben is right. I think we're supposed to get the idea that Obi Wan doesn't quite know how to control Anakin he and was doesn't, thrown into it. He doesn't was still quite a know how to direct him yeah. on the right path. And like you say, yeah, that makes sense because Obi Wan is a brand new master himself. But what does that accomplish? Or Jedi Knight, not master. He's not a master. Is Whether, he a master? I no, he's I a Jedi Knight so. now. Yeah. Whether or not it is well done, I do think that accomplishes making the characters more relatable. Sure. Which is our biggest complaint <laughs> is that the, every fucking character in Phantom Mass was a cipher, right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I believe that every single movie should start with someone spilling coffee on themselves, right? You want to start or, or maybe point- an intern spills like a whole tray of coffee. God, why would anyone cut that out of a oh, movie? I don't know. I just think you you want characters who have flaws that you can understand, are yeah. struggling to overcome very basic, immediate things in their environment, right? And to see Obi Wan, who before was just like this, like brown nosy sort of like dude, yep, be like, hey, look. You know, I'm a you're, single father, real, I'm yeah, young, real, I don't know what I'm single doing. Single father is a good way to put it. It's not well done, but I'm looking at it and I'm being like, this movie is taking the steps I want it to take. Yeah, okay. So what's next, though? They get upstairs. Jar Jar is right, so happy there. to he's, see his old like, friend. Me, me, Jar Jar. If it's possible, Jar Jar even comes off more stupid in this film than it's the last one. He has less to do but his dialogue now that he's he, in an official I, position. We should address the fact that it's pretty obvious George Lucas realized or realized that people didn't like Jar Jar because oh. he is in like three scenes. And there's a moment. Like it's so contrasted yeah. with The Phantom Menace where Jar Jar is in scenes he shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, Jar Jar is in no. He like, just has way, his section way, of the plot. He's only there when he needs a to. A tiny, be. tiny section of the plot. Uh, there was a moment when he walks past the camera and gives this like smirk. He does. That's like fuck you. Yeah. It's like Jar Jar saying fuck you to the audience. Like I'm still here. So yeah, he's there, and you're right. He does seem more annoying. It's because he, uh, like, people take him seriously and has not aged a bit in ten years. Well, we don't know how the Gungans age. I'm not saying physically. I'm saying mentally. Okay, that's true. <laughs> we all get wiser with age. That's true. How is he a senator? Right. He's a senator. He seems dumber than he did before. It's true. And it's like. You know, I don't believe in, like, you know, a cultural homogenization. But I do think if you're a senator, be a professional. Learn, learn how to fucking... Be a professional. Proper syntax, Jar Jar, you know? Whatever. We've talked so much about the Gungans and... Okay, so he's excited to see them, and Padme yeah. walks in and, and, like, doesn't really react. Is like, nice to see you, thank you for coming. Yeah, she doesn't even seem to acknowledge them as uh, her friends. Because she's too busy being, being worried that someone's going to catch her for being white. <laughs> Padme's she almost got killed. Padme's yeah. kind of a pain in the ass in this movie. She kind of is, but she's real stuck up in this scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. In the early parts of the movie, she, she sort of settles down. Okay, she leaves, and Anakin is like, you fucking see that bullshit? No, she doesn't say, I think, I thought she acknowledged, no, she acknowledges it. She's but, like, Annie, it is you, you've grown, blah, blah, blah. But with, like, very little emotion. I know. Because his dialogue with Obi-Wan right after is, like, she barely... Yeah, I know, like, I know. But, again, it's all wrong. It's like, she does it with no emotion, and you're like, why is she reading the lines this way? Here right. are her friends. And then Anakin is like, it's like he's saying, like, that, my ex-girlfriend, and she barely... And it's like, yeah. dude, you were like a kid. What You're are you looking boy. for here? You spent you know? like a week with her. Yeah, and he's like complaining to Obi-Wan like like she should be... I don't know. The whole thing is so weird. Like, again, you're saying it's making the right steps, mm-hmm. but then it's just ugh, it's just yeah. presenting them all the wrong ways. Um, So, Obi-Wan and Anakin are on security detail taking care of Padme. Yeah. Make sure she doesn't die. Right. 
this is kind of a cool plot setup. It's a it's a plot setup is what it is. But it's kind of a cool no, one. It's no, kind it's of a, a good sequel plot setup. A, but also it's a plot setup. Yeah. Unlike Phantom Menace, where yeah. it was just like, well, what happens next? Just we'll a series see. of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, negotiations. Oh, they failed. Let's yeah. go down. Oh, here's some Gungans. Oh, here's the queen. You know, like just do, do, here we've got. She's been targeted for assassination. Yeah. They're there to protect her. Obi Wan needs to figure out who did it, and Anakin needs to protect her. Like, very simple plot. I think this movie's taking the right steps. Sure. You know, they might yeah, not yeah, be yeah. pretty steps. They might be awkward, clumsy steps through the mud. But considering how deep they dug themselves in that Phantom Menace pit, they're, like, getting out of it pretty well. Moving towards something kind of interesting. Oh, what's a way to get these characters back together? Yeah. Her life is under threat. Immediately stakes. In every scene, we're and wondering, right. is someone going to attack sense. her? Is someone going to kill her? What if they just, like, met at a coffee shop? Right. You know, right. There's a real reason for them all to be together. This is my friend Alex Chris who listens to the fan. Hi, Alex Chris. He was the one who pointed this out to me. Yeah, like, Phantom Menace, there's no spine to it. Yeah. This one, right from the get-go, here's a reason this movie is happening. And they have that line in the beginning where she goes, who's going to take care of us? And it's like, well, you know, we don't have an army. It's like hitting this point again. It's all coming down to this vote about whether or not to give right. Are we going to militarize the Galactic Republic an and army? And remember, this movie's coming out in two thousand two. America is now under attack. Yeah, America is at war in Afghanistan. America is fomenting war in Iraq, which hasn't happened yet. But you know, that's that's. It's a totally different political climate from nineteen ninety nine. The mm-hmm. the boomy years. And that's the question. I really here. actually think there is something to that. I do think that do George too. Lucas is picking up that piece. Of I, d- I do too. He's always been a political filmmaker. Very much. And so. he wanted to make Apocalypse Now as this crazy documentary. Yeah. You know, oh God, his like picture of Apocalypse Now is the most amazing thing. You should read it sometime. Uh, George. Oh, He's George. Great. Um, um, but anyway, yeah. Yes. I, I, well, and it's the question, why would you vote against an army? The argument is it's good to have one just in case. Yeah. But it's like the atomic bomb thing. Like if we have it, we're going to have to use it. Yeah. And also, you know, it lets – it would let whoever's in charge like impose martial law. Like right. it just – it's like that could happen. But he's kind of twisting arm going like, well, if we had an army, then we'd be able to assign people to take care of you. And the Jedi thing is like a quick fix. Like who do we fucking get? Oh, those two Jedis you know. Yeah. Good way to get the gang back together. Yeah. I like this, mm-hmm. you know? And there are these stakes here. They have a clear mission. Right. Keep Padme alive. And then you've got dynamics here in all of them. Yeah. Padme, she doesn't know what to do about this vote. Yeah. Obi-Wan, he really needs to take a poop. He doesn't know when he gets to do that. Anakin, <laughs> he's in love with Padme. Yeah. He's a Jedi. It's mostly Anakin. You know, yeah. he's the one with a lot of things. This is... This meeting is setting up a lot of like bubbling tension in it. And and if they fail, Obi Wan has like no tension. <laughs> if they fail their job, it potentially you know sways the vote towards the army towards militarizing because it's right. like she's clearly, a noted opponent. But but also n- not just because she'll be taken out. Yeah. But also because it's like, well, if we had an army, then this wouldn't, this wouldn't have anymore, happened. Maybe. We would have had people to protect yes, her. The separatists are picking us off. Yeah. Um. So I I like the way this stage is set. Yeah. She's sleeping in bed at night. There are the tail outside the door. Obi-Wan's like, shouldn't you be in there? He's like, it's fine. I can feel everything happening out in the other side of this room. He's like, I got a fucking Jedi. Lay off me, Holmes. Okay? Yep. yep. Uh, there's, there's a weird scene where we see uh, a, a, a purple, magenta-hued uh, bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Wearing handed, a veil over her face. Yeah. She's handed a tube. By a, another... Armor clad, yes. Silver armor clad bounty hunter. Blue and silver. Blue and silver. They're in the city, and this is in interesting. But but now we're seeing Coruscant because in the first one we we're going, oh, the whole plant's a city, but we're only seeing yeah the top, the council. We're only seeing the the senate. 
now we're seeing like the dregs a little of bit Coruscant. a little bit i like the slums of Coruscant. yeah we get more of that yeah it's, we'll get more it's of that sort of like uh i i feel like it's a little like 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 tokyo inspired sure. a lot of bright colors and light hong kong uh, dark density, density, yep. um, very mechanical. Tall towers. Yeah. Anyway, she is given this tube, like yeah, you say, goes, uh, whatever he says. There, he goes, "Fucking, you know what to do with this." Yeah, exactly. And and then, I know what to do with this. And she pilots a little drone over to her Amidala's bedroom. Yeah, she loads it, this little tube into the drone, and it drops two poisonous worms. Yeah, it's these gross slugs. And uh, and we we find out right. Did you say this already? That Anakin had to turn off the camera because Padme didn't like him watching her. Oh right, that was the thing. So R 2s in there. R two's back by the way. R two's back. R two's back. The the hyperdrive repairing droid we all yeah. know and love. He's back. Yeah. As her senator droid. I don't know. What I'm his surprised job of is. all the characters to bring back. He's he's a Not weird one. That interesting a character in the first movie, but here he is. He's better in this one actually. Oh. Uh, he has like 18 times more things to do in this one. It is crazy how much R2 does. He's and... maybe the third lead of this film. <laughs> anyway. So they put R2 in as like a room guard. Like, do you remember as a kid you'd have those room guards? Yeah, no, those exactly. Those room guards right. where it was like all it could sense is if something walked by, it would make a noise. He's not that good. No. Uh, so but that's he's all he in there. Do. If but something also, already is walking by say, him. Padme's already picking up a creepy, like, fuckboy vibe yeah, from Anakin. Like, like, don't why are you... fucking watch me. Yeah, right, because she wants to, like, masturbate in peace. That's the thing. Her His job is watch after me, but she's like, don't watch me like that. Yeah, right. He's like, what do you mean? Easy, I'm, doing, buddy. I'm doing what you told me to do. Excuse and she's me, like, princess. I can tell how you're fucking watching me. You're watching me in a gross sex whole way. Don't and, do it. Anyway, the worms come in. They almost get her. It's a nice little scene. R2 alarm goes off. No, I think the Jedi's just sense it. Remember? R2's scanning. There's He's like scanning, but the Jedi's are just, t- Obi-Wan and Anakin talking about like the shit that Obi-Wan just took. They flip And then in, they're like, they I sense it too. Toys. And then they run in there and, the, and uh, uh, Anakin chops the little worms in half. I actually like that. It's very cool because he does it very cleanly, but it's like right by her neck, you know? So then they look and they're like, where, where are these things coming from? They see the drone outside the window. Obi-Wan th- goes like, I'm on it. Jumps through the window and grabs it. Grabs pretty cool. It's pretty badass. It is pretty cool. And so now Obi-Wan is like flying yes. through the through dregs the space of traffic. Yeah. Like the lower level. I guess so. We're not on the floor yet. We're in the, you know, he's he's in the air because it's flying around. Okay. If we go like Coruscant, since it's all one city, mm-hmm. uptown, downtown, midtown wouldn't be relative. Yeah. It's like uh, sky it's, high. It's height. You know, I get you. So uptown would be like the Jedi Council, the right. Senate, these tall buildings that are very clean and sort of silvery. We're going down and it's like. You know, murky colors with neon you know, lights. Yeah, it's kind we're of Blade like Runnery with all the with all the neon lights and stuff like that. We're in Midtown, yeah. so we're like right above the downtown buildings. I would say, except Blade Runner obviously is like a masterpiece of design, and this is like completely half-assed and doesn't look that good. Yeah, but I like that it's we're got, getting a different kind of so energy. I do too, because Anakin hot wires. I think. Like a little car? Oh, a speeder. Yeah. The, right? The very Does he just steal it? I, w- I wasn't clear if that's like theirs or if he just nicks it. No, he nicks it. Yeah. Uh, it's a speeder. Yeah. A- and Anakin knows his speeders I know. because we, he we took talked the about test it. and it's different than yeah, a spaceship. Yeah, ship, speeder. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it. Oh, I know we've So he about. steals the speeder and they, yeah, they're in pursuit. Yeah. And I would say this is a successful part of the film. It could say. be a lot better. But it works pretty well. Like, there's some banter. There's a good action sequence right and at the top. We're invested in who the chase. characters are. It's new. It looks different from, you know, you're yeah. still, like you're saying, we're seeing Coruscant. Uh, it's happening in, the, you know, the surface. So there's cars flying everywhere. It's like a totally different environment. 
And there are a lot of character beats within it. I yeah. mean, like, Obi-Wan is holding onto this drone flying through. Eventually, he ends up in the speeder with Anakin, mm-hmm. and it becomes a running bit of, like, how dangerous a driver Anakin is. He's a, he's He's crazy. And he does all kinds of wacky stunts. And he's always losing his lightsaber. I wouldn't say it's funny. But I would say it, it is, is okay. attempting to it's be much funny in a way elevator. I appreciate. I agree. It's no. like a shitty rush hour ripoff where it's like, man, what have I told you about? Like, I don't love the delivery of I hate when he does that. When yeah. Anakin jumps out of the car to land on her space car. Zam Wessel, that's her name, yes. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I appreciate it. Like, that's the thing to aim for. I like the direction they're going into. Here's the big point, though. Uh, they've just left Padme by herself. That is true. Their one job is was there any protector there? Uh, yeah. No. Oh, R two D two, who fucking failed before. Jar Jar. Jar Jar's out. He wasn't. He's not in her bedroom. It's true. Why? Right now, she's defenseless. Why doesn't another assassin, the the silver yeah. guy? Why doesn't he just show up and just fucking shoot her dead right there? Or also, and then? why doesn't like Obi Wan jump on the the drone and Anakin go like, "Well, I'll stay here." Well, Anakin's obviously. impulsive though. I mean, that's part of it, right? He, I know. It's a, he does a lot of impulsive things. He flies through some power couplings, yeah. and Obi Wan complains about that. He loses his lightsaber, <laughs> and then they land at a bar, which is a good scene. It's once again a very different environment than we've seen in Phantom Menace. Ben doesn't like it. They landed a bar. This movie. Ben hates this podcast. They landed a bar. No, I don't hate this podcast. No, but you do on. hate this movie. I can now oh, grab Ben. She has been worst. Ben, okay, of the three movies we've discussed in this podcast, all three of which you hate, mm. how would you rank The Judge, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones? Oh, that's so tough. Well, we're just getting into it, so I'll I'll say Attack is like I can ma- bear. It's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh. It's still got some intrigue. I haven't had to listen to like nine more episodes yet. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll go Judge next. And you then- hate Phantom Menace more than the wow, Judge? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I definitely hate the Judge the most. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the whole movie. I think, yeah, I, like, that's why. I, think I like Phantom the best. <laughs> uh, of I, these three movies. I like Attack right now. All right. Well, let's see. Anyway. I just want to get to, I like that scene where they go to the bar and Mouse from The Matrix yeah. uh, says, do you want some death sticks? One and of Obi-Wan's my two like, you favorite characters in the film. Oh, is, is that fucking guy? Evan Sleesbagano is his name. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> so his name is Evan. I'm sorry, it's Evano. So it's not a human name. They added an O at the end, so it sounds different. Oh, sure. Evano. Because he's on, he's got like hair or ears or something or antenna. Yeah. Sleaze. Bagano. <laughs> I'm looking, him, looking up. him up. I'm looking him up. And he is selling death sticks. Right. It's like it's like some kind of drug. So here's the thing. Sometimes uh, uh, filmmakers add subtext into their movies. No, come on. This movie's called Attack of the Clones. There's no subtext. Like sometimes there's surface things that the characters are saying, and then there are things you can sort of imply. There's a big argument right now about whether or not Jurassic World is sexist and how it treats its female character. Sure. Which I think it is. I think it's casually sexist. Right. It's not It's not a didactically sexist movie, but yeah. I don't it, think like, Colin fucking... Trevorrow hates women, but I think he doesn't. I think he hates me because he made yeah. that movie that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, Jurassic World is like a, right, a casually, it's not terrible. She has her moments. It kind of feels like a women should be in the kitchen movie. A like, little it's very bit. Much it's like... a little like let the guy boss her around. I don't know. I think that, I also... honestly think he really just fucked up and didn't think about it. It's I, a bad Just moment. to defend him, like, even in though I don't like him. he talks like he thought so much about every element, though. So it's Whatever. like, either he's a poser or he's an idiot. But, like, I think he just saw her as, like, representing a lot of types, which is sort of the, you know, the, yeah, I don't want to talk about Jurassic World. So I, I don't either, but I, I will just say at the beginning of the film she's worse presented, than this movie no question 
Jurassic World was worse than Attack of the no Clones. No question. Because it had no ounce of in- imagination in it, whereas Attack of the Clones at least has some imagination, even if it's And, and there wasn't one sequence I liked. Yeah. Like, Phantom Menace has the pod racing. This has some things I really like in it. It does. Yeah. 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 We'll get to them. Um... Uh, just to, uh, I would say this movie, compared to both Phantom Menace and Jurassic World, mm-hmm. not the judge, um, is more of a drag than either of those movies. But Phantom Menace and yes. Jurassic World, they move at a pretty good clip. This movie is a drag. It has a lot of fat. It's too long, and it has a lot of scenes that are boring. But the first 20 minutes move like a speeder. First 20 minutes. I was watching The first it. 20 minutes move like a speeder. I was watching it. Yeah, put that quote on the box, Georgie Porgy. I was watching it, and I turned to my roommates, and I went, wait, I think I love this movie. No. The first 20 minutes, I felt like I loved it. Maybe it was lowered expectations. I don't know what it was, but I felt like I loved it. And I was like, this is moving fast. A lot's happening. Yeah. And then the next hour and 20 <laughs> minutes, two hours and 20, it's two hours and- f- It's two hours and 20 minutes yeah. long. So the next two hours of the film proceed to feel like seven or eight hours. Yeah, there's sludge. There's moments, there's, sludge. there's pieces that are a little exciting, but it's really, really, really slow going, and it's really badly done. There's great stuff in it. Mm, I would contend. Stuff. Um, we'll talk about it. Maybe I'll. I'll we'll talk know, about it. Yeah. Uh, just want to quickly say the annoying thing for me about Jurassic World mm. is that she's a stuck-up lady who's yep. humorless and heartless, and all she cares about is business. She does care about her her nephews at the end, and yeah. that's what makes her a human being. And yeah. there's the whole thing with Judy Greer as her sister shaming her for not having kids. Yes. She's like, when? And she's like, when? I don't know if I'm ever going to have kids. And then once she learns to let her maternal instincts kick in and defend these mean. children right. Right. and be subservient to the man who's telling her what to do, mm-hmm. then she's happy. The scene where he kisses her is Get in the kitchen, like, lady. Get in the kitchen. That's the where scene, you belong. The scene where he kisses her is like not remotely own, uh, uh, earned. They like, have not liked each other up until it's that like, point. It's like, Jesus, dude, put it in your pants. Like, what? Anyway. Fun sidebar. Uh, a couple months ago, sidebar I was to uh, talking to my uh, agents sure. who were responsible for trying to make sure my career mm-hmm. uh, exists. Sure. Do they listen to the podcast? No. This is the very point I'm building up to right now. Go ahead. And I was like saying, like, ah, I want to do a podcast. I'm like trying to figure out what to make a podcast about. And they were like, well, the thing you're best at is like talking about movies. But I feel like it's dangerous for you to do a podcast about movies because you'll end up publicly going on the record speaking about a lot of things you don't like when you might then have to get jobs from those people. Sure. That's a good point. Uh, I'm probably ruining my career. <laughs> Whatever, Trevor is not even making Jurassic Park five. Yeah, it's great. I don't care about speaking shit about Colin Trevor, the man who directed the biggest opening weekend of all time. No, it's the second biggest. No, it in the final numbers, it <gasps> now is a bigger it opening. Beat weekend. Avengers. Yeah, it's the number one highest grossing. That's a bummer because I really like. I like that the Avengers was on top. Yeah, That's too. a nice movie. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World's a piece of shit, and I hope Colin Trevor doesn't hire me. <laughs> I just said that. Should I? Uh... No, keep that in. Okay. I'm gonna Who could you this. have played in Jurassic World? I guess the Jake Johnson part. But Jake Johnson actually did a great job. He's the one good character in that film. We can't talk about Jurassic World anymore. I don't want to dignify it Fair with enough. the attention. It's like the Rachel Dolezal of movies. All it wants is our attention for acting <laughs> So up. stop giving it attention and her. Okay, we're not going to talk about them. But she's a great lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, so to we're kind of wrapping up on this opening sequence, which I think is what we're discussing. Evan sleeps back now. We're talking about subtext. So I was saying the subtext in Jurassic World is is kind of in anti- Jurassic World. <laughs> I'm saying the subtext, yeah, in Jurassic oh, World is kind of anti-feminist, right? Oh, sure. If right. only subtly, right? Intended or no, there it is. And I think George is doing an interestingly similar thing here in this scene. Mm. Okay, 
So we're watching the movie, we're going, well, it's a movie made by a man, but it's not all biographical, and he's not on screen. I don't know how he feels about everything. For example, I don't know how George Lucas feels about cigarettes as a concept. Sure, I guess so. They never come up. Okay, then a character walks up. <laughs> you want to buy some Netflix? He's got a gross voice. Yep. He talks he's... like Watto. <laughs> a little bit. But his voice is clearly modulated Yeah, yeah, yeah there's post. something. Hey, wait. Uh, he uh, lo- by... looks unhealthy. Yeah, I'll say he's got like rings around his eyes. Right, and like, he's in a sleazy bar. He's in a sleazy bar. Yeah, they don't say this on screen, but his name is Evan Sleaze Bagano. Right, and they says, "Hey, do you want to buy some uh, death sticks?" And Obi Wan literally brainwashes him. Like, yeah, yeah. says like uh, yeah, those you, are not good for you. You don't want you don't want to buy me sell me death sticks. And he's like, I don't want to sell you death sticks. He's yeah. like, you want to go and make something of your life. He says the, the those will harm. You. Like he says like those are not good for you. And he goes, they're not good for me. Like he says something that's like you shouldn't sure. smoke those. Right. It's bad right. for you. So call me crazy. I think You're George crazy. Lucas doesn't like cigarettes. Okay. I don't like cigarettes either. I'm with you, George. No, but I'm saying I think maybe death sticks are meant to represent cigarettes. Uh, yeah, okay. What are you, where are you going with and this? And maybe the fa- I'm saying that this is an interesting subtextual thing it's going on subtextual. here. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. <laughs> what are you talking But here's this character. His name's Evan Sleazebag. All right, I've had so we're supposed to think that he's a sleazebag. <laughs> he offers death sticks. They look like cigarettes. I think the death sticks are supposed to be, like, drugs. But sure, I'm with you. He's a sleazebag. He's a real sleazebago. Sleazebagano? Oh, yeah. Let's look at his Wikipedia. Anyway, so. He's one of my two After this scene. Um, doesn't Obi-Wan then have to like chop someone up in the- Sam Wessel. They he, see he, Sam they Wessel kill her in the there. bar. They kill her there. Oh, or oh they... we missed one important point. Okay. So Anakin is like jumping this onto Sam Wessel's oh, speeder. Oh God, this scene. I know, uh, this thing. He I... takes his lightsaber. There's opening in the window, like her sunroof. Yeah, he's like sort of smashing and He just open. like sw- swings the lightsaber yeah, around. Right. Like it's just knocking around then her Then he loses it and Obi-Wan catches it. Then she looks up at him and her face turns into a lizard face. <laughs> <laughs> so when they land- And it is- I really, it is the perfect example of just like, you know what, maybe she maybe has a, a lizard face. Maybe she got like a fucking lizard face. <laughs> yeah, and so they they um, they um let, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan land. She goes into this bar, which by the way, like, don't do that. Go anywhere else. Yeah. Just drive away. But they say, and Anakin he says, says something like to her. Like, I, I think he is a she, and I think she is a changeling. And he's like, oh, then she's even more dangerous Yeah, he's we have thought. to be extra careful. Yeah. And it's like, uh-huh, what does that mean? Does it mean she turns into a lizard sometimes, and then that's it, and she's dead, and this never comes up again? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it means. <laughs> she does not seem to gain any extra power from being a changeling. Nope. Um, she has a very distinctive outfit. A, a very yep. uh, slender purple jumpsuit. Sure. And then she's got the the harem. Yeah, uh, she's face got curtain the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the this veil. helmet and yeah. these boots she and this good. little cape and everything. It's a cool, cool getup. But when she changes, all that changes is just then she's got a lizard face. She's just green. And yeah. you just be like, well, that's that same lady from before it, with a lizard face. It's it's not a good um, chameleon like skill. She doesn't get bigger. She doesn't seem to be a better fighter. It's she's so fucking. But they stupid. go. You, you should look out for this lizard face lady. And then they interrogate her, and they cut off her arm. They bring her outside. They interrogate her. And I, I just wanted to say the one thing that's kind of cool is they cut off her arm, and then uh, Anakin's like Jedi business. Yeah, and everyone's like, All right. you know, like I like that idea that people are going, oh, fuck Jesus, what'd she do? Now I want to say, and I think we're going to get into this in later episodes, but doesn't it start to really, really feel noirish? Yep, especially yeah, at that point, right. they're walking like, into a bar. It's a smoky room. I they're asking kinda, questions. I expected her to be crawling out of the bathroom window. Yeah, yeah, like, like it. I don't know. And they maybe should have, like, kept to that. 
you know, kept on that rail a little well, bit. Well, that's longer. why that's why they this do... episode is covering up to this scene because this up but, until this point it's implying a very specific kind of film. Yeah, that's there really are more exciting. scenes that are along those lines, just even worse. But up until this like point, the, it's the all... diner. Yes. 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 Well, <laughs> you're talking about my second <laughs> well, favorite character. Oh my god, we're gonna have so much to say about that scene. <laughs> up until this point. It's 20 minutes that are all moving in one direction that's kind of exciting. Yeah, right. It's right. a mystery. Who is trying to Does she, kill Padme I forget if she y. says anything. Does she say anything before Django Fett kills her? That's what happens. So they're talking to her, and then suddenly Django Fett- A dart Fett, hits her, yeah. We don't Django know his Fett's, name at this point. Yeah, it was the guy who handed her the slug tube. Yeah, the silver guy. Spits a dart at her. Shoots a dart. Or he doesn't spit. It's from his arm. Yeah. It's a little dart, and it hits her in the neck, and she dies, and, and then turns into a lizard. she lizard form, yes. Oh, what a dangerous changeling. <laughs> when she dies, she her face is different. How dangerous. Um, and uh, then they look at the dart, and they look at each other, and they're like, we got to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, right, 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 right. And, and they've this got is one little piece of evidence to toehold in the case. This is an exciting movie. Yeah. They're going to figure out who's trying to kill the one lady they're tasked with protecting in front of this backdrop of, like, a, a galaxy in turmoil. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And not just because fucking, oh, they can't get the newspapers from one planet to another. <laughs> oh, the silk isn't being transported. Like, really, like, people are defecting. Yeah, they need an army. Brink of war. Star Wars. We might see some wars in this motherfucking That's movie. That's true. Star Wars. Okay, Wikipedia character spotlight. I got his first name wrong. His name is Elan Sleazebagano. Great. Elan Sleazebagano. He's a male Balasar death stick dealer on the planet Coruscant. During the uh, ses- secessionist moment. Hmm, who's uh, the actor's name? He was Mouse in The Matrix. Uh, Matt Doran. Yeah. He never had a career, but he did have that one. So good in these two See, movies. Sure. My favorite character in each film, maybe. I like him in The Matrix. He's not my Alan favorite Alan was on Coruscant, the capital of the Galactic Republic, during the secessionist moment, movement, uh, shortly before the ballot. This doesn't tell you anything. All right, who cares? Like I said, Wikipedia is not good for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, this one's really... What is your point? You had a point you were building to. I feel like. Maybe? Did I think George Lucas is anti-cigarette? <laughs> no, not that point. That the the first no. twenty minutes of the noir movie. Well, I'm saying no. My point is that's why once again we're making our first episode the beginning of the film, right? Because we want to look at what the film sets up and whether or not the film plays off of that, builds off of that, and and plays out what is established in the in the first chunk. Sure. Uh, my my point I'm building up to is I'm setting the stage for a fucking great ten episode run of Attack of the Podcast. Uh, what will happen next? What's gonna happen next? We've seen the whole thing. We know, but will what's Obi-Wan gonna happen? Will Obi Wan go to a diner? Oh, God. <laughs> Time can only tell. <laughs> <laughs> will Anakin ride a headless blob rhino? I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe me. Um. Well, you know, it, we're we're back in full force, baby. You're gonna see a great season full of some of our oh favorites. Uh, we're gonna end it with another commentary. We're gonna do a performance review. Oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna topic do. different sections gonna, of the film. Gonna talk about the commentary character again. threads. Oh. Uh, it's gonna be uh, fucking phenomenal. We've got so many things to flesh out in this movie. This movie is is ridiculous. It's actually insane. We're not even talking about how crazy it is that as a sequel. They decided to jump over 10 years and basically drop almost everything from the previous movie. 10 years would only have one character visibly age. Yes. And really, well, no, because... Padme changes race and Obi-Wan grows a beard, but otherwise... They do bring back some other old characters and we'll get to them. Mace Windu. Oh, Yoda. Yo, Mace Windu in a greatly expanded role. Uh, Yeah. And Yoda in a greatly expanded role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shmi Skywalker. Shmi. Watto. Watto. 
Watto though. Watto though. Watto though. Who else is back in this one? Who else is back in this one? C-3PO, another character I didn't think would come back. And he has, like, so much to do. Once again, weirdly, like, because I don't remember the fans loving him at the time of Phantom Menace. But it and feels he looks like, completely different. For some reason, R2 and C-3PO, neither of whom made a, a super big impression. They're all over this movie. They are all over this movie. As if the fans demanded it. And then, um, Newt Gunray's back. Newt Gunray is back. Uh, and he hates women. Runaku is back. <laughs> Uh, they're back, baby. Um, yeah. yeah, we're forgetting people. Uh, Sio Bibble is back. Sio Bibble's back. He shows up again. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, you know who's uh. Well, no, we we didn't. I mean, no, go ahead. No, I mean, her big scene hasn't come up yet. Big scene in quotes. But um, showing that maybe George Lucas has some an eye uh, for young women. Yeah. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne playing Dormay. a handmaiden in yeah. a role kind of similar to what um, Keira Knightley did. Keira Knightley yeah. played. In the first film, Rose Byrne, who, who has become, I think, one of our best actresses she's working so, today. Have you seen Spy? Yeah, she's so good. She's so good in she's Spy. She's so good. we got to get Rose Byrne on the podcast. Rose, come on the podcast. Rose, You're amazing podcast. in Spy. Yeah. When you call her dress an abortion, I laugh out loud. Yeah. Both times. I've seen her twice. Uh, we got to get her on the podcast. Yep. Uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, I'm now in my head doing the math to figure out if there's any way. If you know, know anyone who might know Rose Byrne. Well, I do. I, I need to who? see if I can figure this out. Uh, She's be, been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Merchandise spotlight. I, I'm I'm at sort of a bit of a crossroads here. Yeah. Right. Because Phantom Menace, they blew out the merchandise. Yep. And so it wasn't just that there were toys. There were all these weird candies. I mean, they went to such no, different I know, I know. directions. Did they not do that for this one? Well, there was too much merchandise for Phantom Menace, and they yep. clogged the stores a little bit. You know, they sold well, but not as well as they thought they would. And so they scaled it back uh, greatly for Attack of the Clones. Okay. And so what we have is just, you know, kind of your run-of-the-mill action, action figure line. Right, right. Um, the one thing we could sort of focus on, and, you know, let's try it. Let's see if there's any interest. I know Merchandise Spotlight was a fan favorite, everyone's favorite segment. Uh, we won an Obie Award for it uh, and a Peabody. <laughs> we won an Off-Broadway Theater Award we for did. it? Well, I did that. Remember I did that one-man show that was just me? I took the transcripts yeah, of the Merchandise Spotlight. Yeah, it was a little annoying to you, actually, that I wasn't yeah. involved. Well, you know, I mean, I gotta make my money. I'm not an actor like you are. I, I don't want to say those words, but now that you've said it, yeah. Uh, Have you got something for us or not? Yeah, I mean, the thing that happened. <laughs> I, no, because I don't even know if this is fucking interesting. We can just talk about the toys that relate to it. This is the interesting thing that happened with Attack of the Clones. So the toys didn't sell as well as they thought they would. And so. For Phantom Mass. So for Tech Clones, they were like, we got to step up our game. Right. So they decided to add in action features. Okay. Sort of like He-Man style. Right, let, the arms let, move or something like that. Let every figure have a cool push-button action or something to replicate the films. That having been said, uh, the Star Wars figures are very small. Okay. Uh, they made them small so they could fit in a spaceship. They could build spaceships in scale because they knew that was a big appeal. Sure. Star Wars figures are like three and three quarter inches Okay, tall, okay. Whereas most figures have action features are taller and so they're more room to fit in the mechanics. So they were got really ambitious with what they wanted to convey with their features, trying okay. to show how the force worked. Yeah, sure. Um, but they uh, were sort of limited in how they could actually pull it off. Um, so this is like a figure they have of, of Anakin. Uh, I'm sorry, of Obi-Wan. And supposed to replicate um, the exciting uh, Coruscant chase that we've just talked about. Yep. Uh, so it comes with the little drone and the lightsaber. I see it. And the idea is that uh, he can uh, hang off of the drone. Right. Um, Doesn't and, seem too complicated. 
Right. So the way they decide to do this is they put magnets in all the figures. Oh, why'd they do that? Because they want to replicate the force so that you could put magnets with opposite ends and then have them push things and stuff like that. And then they had, like, the lightsaber were metal. Right, right. right. So that you could hold the figure above it and pick it up. But the hands were so small, and there's only so small that magnets can get, that all the figures end up looking like like Wile E. Cody's hands after being run over like a steamroller. You know when he'd have like the flat, like yeah, the big course. hands? So like, Are you going to show me this? Right, so they made the, the drone metal so he can hold it off, but it just looks like there's a tumor in his palm. Oh, God, it's like sticking out. Right, so he's like not also, flying. He looks like Jesus. Like, yeah, he, he looks, looks like, Jesus. like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like in the classic Renaissance interpretation, like blonde hair. Yeah. If, if very fair in a way, he is not in the film. This is crazy. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. I kind of like it. So, like, the way they're trying to replicate him flying through the air holding onto this drone is it's a figure with both feet on its ground, yep. on the ground. Like uh, yep, it, yep. And physically, one he doesn't arm. have a posture of flying. Yeah, no, I one know. One arm is going straight up. There's just one point of articulation at his yeah. shoulder. It goes straight up. There's a magnet in his hand, and it holds onto the drone. It just looks like he's getting ready to throw this it thing does. at someone. It looks like he's going to throw it at someone because he has a lightsaber in his other hand. Well, and in order to make the lightsaber metal, it's way too big. The lightsaber yeah. handle is huge. Yeah, it's a dildo size. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Thank you for Merchandise Spotlight this week, Griffin. I don't know if we're going to be able to take this one to Broadway. <laughs> The Zam Wessel figure is pretty cool. I had the Zam Wessel. Yeah, Zam Wessel's another of those. You can imagine there was a ton invested in merchandising, yeah. and and then of course she, you know, she only has the one scene in the movie. But there, you know, she looked cool. She came with a lizard face. Who you played can put her? on her. Uh, I don't know. Look it up. Uh, she comes with a lizard face, and, it, and this was the cool thing. This was a good application of magnets. You could you could cut off her arm. Oh, that is cool. So her arm was attached through magnets. So if you had a lightsaber, you could just fucking slash through it, and then it would it would go back on. Um... Uh, let's look up Zan Wessel, and then I think that's the end of this episode. Uh, ben, Ben, how much time have we done? No, we're definitely done. It's an hour twelve. Oh, great. Yeah. What are, What are your thoughts? You like the noir setup? I do. Uh, found it a little strange that they Liana were going in that direction. Walsman. Yeah, it felt like uh, I don't know. It felt like a comic book movie. <sighs> Is that wrong to say? No. no. No, that makes sense. No, I agree. Her name is Liana Walsman, and uh, she's a New Zealand actress. Uh, she's acted alongside Rose Byrne on on the Sydney stage. A lot of Aussies in this film. And alongside Joel Edgerton, who's in this film. Who's also in this movie, yeah. Uh, in the stop-motion film 999. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, she was in the Pacific. She's around. Yeah, she's she was in the starter then. wife. Can I ask one one question? Yeah. Uh, it was a question I forgot to ask at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Padme's a senator. Yep. She still has decoys. She still has people who are willing to give their lives to dress up as her and maybe get killed. And, and in yes, this she case, does. Get killed. And they probably lost to her in the election, as, as is tradition. Do you think in the election for senator? Yeah. I think so. Not for queen? Nope. These are new now. New, new losers. But they would have to look like her. Right. Yeah, that's how it works. Do you think every senator has... Do you think Jar Jar has a bunch of other Gungans? I really wish he did. Or is it just because she's the former queen the same way that like our, Maybe. our right. former Secret president Service continues. Yeah. That, that could be it. That could be it. Do you think... like What if like Jar Jar was the only Gungan who ran? Because that's the only explanation for him getting that fucking seat. <laughs> no. Is that no other Gungan It ran. makes sense that he get it as a war hero. Like, if no Gungan ever met him, they'd think he was a genius. More like a war zero. 
I think we should end on that. Clumsy fucker. <laughs> I just like the idea of people of different species running against Jar Jar, losing, and then having to dress up as a Gungan in order to be a decoy. <laughs> Oh boy. Rachel Dolezal style. Oh god. Assimilating the style and culture of a Gungan. He's a frog. I love Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> I can't get over this story, David. I'm so one of those into stories it. where it's like initially there's this hook and you're like, oh my god, and then you start learning like fucked up things about her family and you're like, I really wish I'd never heard about. this I disagree. Person. I want more and more. No, Every detail I find else. so fascinating. It's a terrible story. I want to go on the record that she sucks. Yeah, I'll say that you, too. You can't be transracial. Sorry. I agree with that. Yeah. Come at us, bro. Yep. Uh, well, that's been uh, episode one of Attack of the Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to do nine more of these. This is going to be fun. Me too. It's going to be great. Um, fan base is building. Uh, tweet at us, Padme Dolezal, yes or no. <laughs> um, let us know if you think merchandise spotlight should continue or if it has no reason to live anymore. Oh, God. By the way, there are so many people who tweeted us the commentary hashtags that we made. Crazy. Still. Great. Like yep. two, still three weeks later, it's still happening. Uh, I don't know why you folks uh, listen to that. You're but crazy. It means a lot. How much do you make, though? A year. We're not going to talk oh, about that. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> 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 Goodbye, everyone. Bye.